Welcome back to Reality Check, your source for the latest reality analysis. My name is Emma Fullen, and I am your host. If you're new to this podcast, we are covering season four of Temptation Island this season. And this week, I am here with... Annie Bastion. Annie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to finally be on the podcast. I know. It always didn't work out with your class schedule, but it worked out today. So I'm happy to have you. Um, What is your relationship with reality TV? Let's just dive right in. So I would say I have like little to none, but the more that I think about it, the more that I'm like, wait, low-key I kind of do. I feel like that's everybody. Yeah, like because I'm always like, reality TV, like I wouldn't watch that. And then I like think about it and I'm like, my family religiously watched Survivor and Mm. Big Brother growing up like we would like sit down every week and watch them which is literally reality tv Mm -hmm. so I guess I grew up on it but like didn't really know I guess um but other than that like my main ones are Survivor and Big Brother I can't really think of any other ones that I watch Mm -hmm. so more like the not like the love relationship type of stuff but more like the action packed I feel like yeah like I said like I was definitely like we watched it as a family so it was less me being like I want to see these people doing this and more Mm. was just kind of like oh it's like a fun family thing Mm. where we can all sit down and talk about it Um, but yeah even with like Big Brother I always hated like the show couples and stuff I was like I could go without that I'm here for competition Mm -hmm. I'm here (laughs) for who's gonna win I need I need drama not and like oh my gosh my boyfriend I need dramas and this girl is like I cannot believe she said that to my face like that's mm. yeah um, and I, I always like Survivor more than Big Brother anyway and Survivor is definitely more of like survival of the fittest yeah so. I only got into Survivor I think during quarantine and then still have not seen an episode of Big Brother but my friends are like obsessed with it so there's hit or miss seasons I feel like they've gotten pretty deep into like the beautiful people make it on. Whereas, like, originally it wasn't. Mm. It was a lot of, like, chaos makers, which was always, like, fun to see, like, who... I don't know. I guess, like, there's always, like, in a show you, like, paint, like, a villain and stuff. But I feel like Big Brother, you tended to have personalities where there would be someone who go into the back room and be like, I'm the villain. I choose to be mm. the villain. I want to be the villain. Whereas it's less of, like, producers creating someone to be the villain, mm. I guess. So it feels like you're actually watching something that's happening and less of, like, something that's produced. Yeah, Exactly. It's less like there aren't people pretending like they aren't being filmed. These yeah. people know they're being filmed. Yeah. And they will admit it to your face that they're doing the stuff because they're being filmed. And they're messing with people's minds That's and stuff. so interesting. And I've always been obsessed with, like, the mind games and, like, the actual, like, physical competition and stuff. And that's where I guess, like, both Big Brother and Survivor come into play. So, like, I haven't really done anything, like... Um, like what we're watching now because it's just like not necessarily my vibe but I'm mm-hmm. kind of excited to like experience it yeah and you've been watching with me the last six episodes there were two episodes in the middle that we didn't watch but or I watched later but yeah you've been on board pretty much from the beginning I've been here I've been watching my eyes have seen things she's been watching she's been listening catching yes. up I caught up on all the podcasts before me so last episode um, it was pretty intense Bernadette was on and we were scarred to say the least. Um, How did you feel about that episode? There was a lot that went down, um, and I'm so sad they cut it off when they did because Mm. I... I am someone, I need the react. like, when I get the reaction, I need to see their reaction. Mm-hmm. I don't like to wait a week because then, like, my emotions have, like, passed. Like, I've had so many things happen in the past week. So I wanted, like, especially with, like, the big, like, revelations that happened at the mm-hmm. bonfire, mm-hmm. I'm like, I want their reactions so that I can be like, that's how I reacted. Or, like, why'd they react like that? That's not what I thought. Mm-hmm. So it kind of left me a little, like, on a very unnecessary cliffhanger in Mm. my personal opinion, but there was so much that happened. It was an action-packed episode. It really was. And so, like, just to summarize, there were a lot of tears. There were a lot of really scary moments from Edgar. Um, Hanya admitted to cheating on Ash during their entire relationship and then was crying and was consoled for that fact. There was a very confusing elimination, and Lascelles makes a grandiose gesture of his commitment to Trace. All of that happened in one episode. That's, like, the the thing that I feel like I've been missing. Last episode was, like, I don't want to say the climax, but it was, like, finally what we've been wanting for so long. No, 100%. And, like, you even, like, mi- like it was so action-packed, you missed some, like, other things that, like, I'm thinking about. Because, like, mm. at the bonfire, there was, like, the Edgar confrontation mm. where, like, they didn't even show clips from his week. They literally just showed him, like, in a diary yep. room, looking into the camera, like... 
is this really what's going on right now? Mm-hmm. Like, just some of those, like, really impactful moments where you're like, there was just so much that happened. It was very scary. So going into this episode, I didn't really know what to expect. I was like, how can we go from here? But I think I was hoping for a little bit of um, just seeing the relationships evolve from this point. What were you hoping to see th- this week? I honestly, that's what I kind of wanted to see more of people's thoughts post the drama that happened last week. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to get a little bit more into depth on like what people were personally going through after that happened. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it turned into more of just like a quick clip of everyone going back to the houses and crying and then being like, well, Okay, we're moving on. I wanted it to be more of, I guess, more, like, monologues where people were, like, sitting, like, in the diary room, like, really going into depth about where they, like, what their thoughts were. And less of, like, this show of, like, the singles coming and being, like, what happened? And everyone being, like, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And that's exactly what I thought, too. But it was weird because I remember distinctly at the end of last episode, Edgar was, like, sobbing. He was sobbing at the bonfire. And Hanya, who had been sobbing throughout, like, the entire episode, wasn't crying at the bonfire. And so I feel like that context that we were given last episode was Edgar is, like, maybe unstable right now. And Hanya may have made some, like, revelations this week. Or maybe he was just too tired to cry at the bonfire. I don't know. But I felt like that set us up for something different. And when we entered this episode, we start immediately when the bonfire left off pretty much back at the villa and it's the guys kind of consoling Edgar but Edgar is saying like I know it's weird I'm not crying right now and they're like oh it's okay take time to process and I'm like but you were just crying technically because weren't we just at the bonfire and then Hanya starts sobbing and he's getting consoled by the women and then he like runs to his room to go cry like in private and it just felt like maybe they clipped things together weird or they like didn't show us all of the context and I feel like that genuinely changes what we saw and like what we're seeing this week. No, I completely agree. I feel like they left off on like a huge clip of like what Ash had been doing the week before and everything and then it just it didn't really string together well where it felt like the week that they had in editing, they kind of didn't really want them to be cohesive because Mm. they weren't adding up the way that they were Mm, wanting them to. Which, like, that's, like, a bold statement for me. Mm, But but I was just, like... But we know. Exactly. I'm, like, because I'm watching the show, like, I'm watching the show where we're, like, really getting in depth and making sure we're, like, seeing all the details and stuff, I was just kind of, like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. And, like, I said they didn't go back to, like, Jillian and, like, really talk about, like, the Edgar thing, but that seemed to be really impactful for her the week before. Mm -hmm. But then we turned around this week and it, like wasn't spoken about at all and so I felt like they cut off where like the most important emotions were and then when we came back this week it was just like a whole different set of emotions Mm -hmm. and I was felt very jarring it felt like it wasn't the same day but how you but at the same time you can't say go put on the clothes you were wearing at the bonfire come back pretend it was right after like I'm sure that that didn't happen right no exactly but it was just so confusing so we're still in the men's villa and the singles come out and so the men start to tell them what happened at the bonfire instead of just kind of decompressing they like kind of go all out and Edgar is saying he's done he's done with the relationship he doesn't know what uh, what Jillian wants and so this is the first time that we're really hearing him say that he's done in the in the past like in his little confessional to Jillian it was what are you doing stop stringing me along And it's so confusing to me because he's like, Jillian keeps doing these things or she keeps changing what she's saying. And it sounds like they're having conversations with each other. It feels like they're having some kind of communication outside of just the bonfire, but they're not. And so the way that Edgar says these things, like, I don't know what she's doing. She's stringing me along, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you are only seeing what they're giving you. And you are drawing huge conclusions from it, I feel like. They are picking these things to make you feel like a terrible person. You know what I mean? No, 100%. And I think that's, like, probably one of the things that I'm struggling with is I feel like there needs to be a moment 
before the very, very end of the show where these couples actually have some form of communication. Yes. Because right now, I feel like we're getting into a point where it's, like, been so long since they've talked to their significant other, which I guess we don't really know, like, a time and a date, but, like, Mm -hmm. it's been, like, a couple episodes worth of content. So you'd assume it's been, you know, a decent Mm -hmm. amount of time. But, like, if you're, like, constantly having to, like, think about, like, your relationship and where the other person stands and what, like, their motives behind it are, you are going to start filling in your own blanks. Yeah. And filling in your own blanks like that is so dangerous. And, yeah. And it's it's not helping anybody. It's not helping anyone make decisions that are smart or healthy or anything. It really just sets up everybody for failure. That's, I think, really disappointing because I want to see these people succeed. And I think, like, that's, like, the big thing is, like you said, like, it's not setting up anyone for success. And I feel like we're seeing that within the couples. Like, none of them are in, like, happy-go-lucky spirits right now because everyone has kind of gotten to that place where they just no longer know Mm -hmm. what that other person's thinking because there's zero opportunity to talk it out. And you're only seeing, you know, a couple seconds of clips of, like, the worst thing that they've done that week yeah like they're not showing them you know like sitting on a couch reading a book for a couple hours or whatever i'd love to see that oh yeah (laughs) go read a book exactly they're (laughs) only showing you like their most questionable dangerous decisions Mm -hmm. and as we've talked about like in earlier parts of the podcast like there are other things that come into play like alcohol and stuff where Mm -hmm. it's like and exhaustion and I don't know what they're eating it doesn't look like they cook very much and tons of people oh except for there was a meal made this oh week. Oh, my God. We'll get into it. We will get into it. That meal. <laughs> oh. So we transition into the women's villa. Um, the ladies are coming in. They're smiling, kind of giggling a little bit. For the women, the bonfire went okay. It was... I mean, it didn't. It didn't go okay. Edgar was terrifying. There were... Um, there was an... Um, admission to cheating on a significant other. There were um, grandiose gestures of committing to one person. Like, the fact that the women came back from this bonfire and they were, like, kind of in high spirits was very interesting to me. Jillian is kind of the first one who um, talks about what happened, and she's smiling. And Alex was watching again with us, but he asked, like, oh, why is she laughing? She's laughing at the situation. And I was like, no, I think she's smiling so she doesn't, like, cry, so she doesn't break down in tears. And that's very interesting that two people who are watching the same show get completely different stories because one of them is kind of like a villain plot line and one of them is more like, oh, this is a human being trying to protect her feelings, like, from seeing this pretty traumatic material. And I wonder how other people interpret that scene. But then we go over to Ash and Taylor and Ash is telling him that Hanya admitted to cheating and Ash is pretty much beaming. Like, they are very excited about knowing the truth And they even say, it's like, I found this golden key to freedom. And so seeing how the women interpret what happened in the men's villa is completely different because they're filling in blanks, but it's more like, here are my suspicions and here are my doubts. And these men are like validating my doubts. And then the men see the women doing things and their blanks are being filled in with, I don't want to do this anymore. I hate my life. This woman is stringing me along and like, I'm like pity me and all of these different things. Isn't that so interesting how the two houses like, I don't know, work through their feelings? No, 100%. I noticed that is like when we came in, there was a lot of talk about like how a couple of the different men were like struggling with her emotions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all this show has been, has been been all, all four of these men just having so many emotions mm-hmm. and all like jam packed in. Whereas I feel like because these women have like said, you know, like they're they've been like the more emotional ones like in the relationship, mm-hmm. they've already kind of like gotten past the emotions and they're in like the I don't know, I guess like coping phase where they're like, we kind of already know where we stand. Yeah. We expect this from you. We're just trying to figure out if this is what we want to continue with or not. Yeah. Whereas, like, the men seem to be, like, genuinely shocked at what's going down. They're, like, in their own world, and their own world is, like, being shattered 
buy the things that the women are doing and saying. And the women are like, yeah, I've been living this way my entire life with you. Like, yeah. We move forward into just kind of, it, it's not really after. It's more like the day after reflection time in the villas. It was kind of confusing. It's so weird to me how the show is set up because it's literally different every single day. But it's reflection time. And Hanya is talking to one of the singles and he's crying to her. And he says that he realized he didn't want an open relationship after the first bonfire. And now Ash is continually invested in Taylor. And Hanya's like, yeah, I saw it the first week. You don't have to keep doing it. You like, you don't have to keep going on. Like, it's kind of like Ash is doing it out of spite for Hanya. And I don't think that's what is happening because I think they and Taylor are like really connected on that level. And so... Alexa, I think, is the single that Tanya is talking to, says, um, hear me out. What about the times that you did that to Ash? And I was like, hell yes. I was so excited for that. What did you think? I think some of these singles are kind of iconic. They like, are. Like, honestly, the fact that they're like, oh, they're like tempters. And like, some of them totally play their part where they're like, they're just out there to be like eye candy and stuff. Yes. Some of them are genuinely like sitting there like, no, like, let's break this down. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. I don't want to just like sit there and be like, ooh, ah, uh, oh, really? Like, mm-hmm. they want to have a conversation with you and be like, so what are your thoughts on this? Like, this is my interpretation mm-hmm. as an individual. And I love that for them. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely and thriving with this content because, and that's, we'll talk about it later, I'm assuming, but that's not the only single who kind of, like, confronts someone to be like, so that was your situation before, what's your situation now? Yep. And I love that for them. I'm loving the energy. They're just not taking any of the crap. And... I think that these men think that they can get away with it. One, because they probably did in their past relationships. And, like, their partners are probably like, yeah, let's work this through. But I'm going to be gentle with you because we're in a relationship. And these singles are like, I'm not really in a relationship with you, but you're pissing me off. And you need to look at what you're actually doing. And we need to, like, work this through because I don't want to be what I'm assuming the singles might be feeling is I don't want to be near you. I don't want to be connected to you in any way until you figure this out. Like, I wouldn't want to be in Hani's life after he's admitting to cheating on his partner for the last year and a half and then cries to me about it. I'm like, and I think I write this later. Maybe maybe he's crying so much when, like, talking about it so much because he feels free after, like, exposing his own truth. And so then he just keeps talking about it. I'm but wondering if a layer of it's guilt. I think so, just too. Just, like, straight guilt for, like, how he treated her. Because I feel like Hanya is, like, the one person who's been very open about being, like, no, I still have strong mm-hmm. feelings for the person that I came here with. Yeah, Hanya wants to leave with Ash. Yeah. And I think think. that's why he's taking things so hard right now is because Ash isn't necessarily on that same page right now. Oh, no, not at all. And that's why, like, you you were talking about earlier that um, Hanya was taking it like, oh, Ash is, like, really, like, you know, bringing along uh, Taylor, correct? Mm -hmm. Taylor um, to, like, really make a show of it, like, make me jealous. And it's like, it's not about you for her. Mm. These, especially, I feel like the women on the show are like, this is about me right now. This is about me. Whereas all of the men are still trying to figure out, like, like, is it about me? Is it about us? Is it about them? And I think some of, like, the women have talked about that as well. Mm -hmm. How, like, they are there to, like, do their own thing. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, the men I don't think have, like, fully embrace that yet Mm-mm. except for Lascelles <laughs> oh my god it's all about Lascelles Lascelles like is... in a good way but still like he's like very um forward about it he is so forward and that just gets even messier though because he's forward but also just wants to please everyone so everything comes out incorrectly and it comes out in a way that he's like I don't want to hurt anyone so I'm just gonna say it this way And then it ends up, like, just disappointing everybody in the process. Yeah, I feel like he's not... He tries to be super clear. Like, he Mm -hmm. thinks he's being super clear. But it's just, like, all over the place. No. Um, And it's one of those where it's, like, you can tell he thinks he's, like, really thought this through. And Mm -hmm. then after he says it... He's like, uh... Everyone's like, maybe you should have thought, like, a couple more minutes on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, have, like, a script or something. Maybe, like, a couple deep breaths and then try again. If you're going to make a confession to the entire house, maybe maybe (laughs) we go off... 
Yeah, and speaking of LaSalle's, Ashley is just trying to find out if she and LaSalle's are broken up at this point because I think in the last bonfire, she saw his commitment to Trace, the single. And so she's like, I don't even know if we're like in a relationship right now because he said, nobody else but Trace, talk to me. I don't want to be friends with anyone. I don't want to be you know, dating anybody else other than Trace. And so that's all Ashley has to deal with. So we are literally just trying to find out whether or not LaSalle's declaration of commitment to Trace means that Ashley and him are done forever. She's crying, you know, she's talking to her kind of single dating guy in the villa, which is like the weirdest pairing ever. And then this other guy... I don't know. She's hard to read. We'll see how this um, kind of ends up. Their plot line is just so crazy to me because she's not really like committed to one person in the house either, but he is. So it's interesting because like Iris isn't really committed to anyone. Luke's not really committed to anyone. So that's like one couple that I can see leaving together. But then like Ashley might just leave single and LaSalle's might just leave with Trace. But at the same time, they're so hot and cold. Who knows if they'll actually leave together? And I think that's, like, going back to, like, us talking about, like, the singles and, like, mm-hmm. where the singles stand. As I feel like Trace this episode, we kind of saw, like, last episode it was all about, like, LaSalle's making this, like, huge confession mm-hmm. and, like, how much he loves her and stuff. And this episode we kind of got to see Trace's side where she was like, I don't really know where we stand. As much as he says that, mm-hmm. I have, I've been hearing mixed things. Um... And we, like, kind of get that, like, in trickles throughout the episode that, like, LaSalle's is kind of not being as clear as he thinks he is. Yeah, totally. Then they all go on dates. It's pretty abrupt. And they don't choose their dates. They're just on dates, I guess, now. Um, so I don't really know what the other singles are doing in the house at this point because they don't really matter. And there wasn't an elimination this week, so we have to keep seeing those singles there, I guess. They are making pizza. We see Edgar and Marissa making pizza. This is kind of like a weird date setup because I think everyone did something kind of different. I just felt like watching Edgar, it felt like he was trying to like not give a performance, but like be really deep and thoughtful. And then Marissa will just like answer and be like, yeah, totally. I agree. And it's like, um, there's something wrong here. I don't know. It just feels like she's not listening or she's just not appreciating like the depth. And I think Edgar needs someone that, like, appreciates his depth. Yeah, so that kind of gets a little sticky later, but it's just a weird dynamic during the dates. Jillian and Tommy are on a date, and Jillian is talking about how she wants more than just fun, and she's, like, enjoyed how Tommy and her have, like, progressed, but she wants more than that. And then this is how Tommy responds, and let me know if, like, you felt that this was weird, too. I felt like... In response to her saying, I want more than fun, he said, I'm afraid you won't be able to find your independence if you don't go forward alone. And then basically just tells her that he can't be there to guide her. And it rubbed me the wrong way because I know that Jillian is very independent. And the fact that Tommy thinks that he's the deciding factor to whether or not she'll find her independence and strength, I think that's really bold. And I feel like it has popped up a couple times. It has. It's one of those where it's like, I have nothing against Tommy. And I feel like him and Jillian actually make, like, a kind of, like, a fun couple. Mm -hmm. And they seem to be, like, intellectually, like, very, like, good at, like, bouncing off of one another. Mm -hmm. But there has been a couple of times where he, I feel like, he makes it very much like an age thing because like Jillian like talked about when she was on like she's like the youngest person who's ever been on this show Mm -hmm. and so I feel like it's been kind of like told to like the like singles and stuff too and therefore it makes it like hyper aware of like oh we are different ages like quote unquote like we're at different stages of our lives and I feel like Tommy takes that to like an nth degree a couple of times where it's very much like I can't be your mentor and I'm like she's not looking for a mentor sir (laughs) I think she knows what she's doing in her life and maybe she just wants a companion and and it's not even the fact that he just brings this up randomly it's when she says I think I want more than this he's like whoa 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 pump the brakes I'm not gonna be your mentor and like what where did you get that yeah she's a woman and she knows what she wants and yes 
And that's one of my struggles is they keep referring to them as like girls. And I'm like, these Literally. are women. Women. Literally. Let's get it right. Let's do a double take. Mm. Women. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And I feel like every single one of the women in the show right now know more of what they want than the men do. Oh, 100%. So I'm just sitting here like, why are we pretending like they're like lost? Like, I know. They ain't lost. No. They are doing so much to, like, self-reflect. And you see that in the bonfires every single week. They're like, the way that they react is, well, I'm glad to see him doing this. Or maybe he's talking about his partner and will say, like, um, oh, I agree with what he's saying about me to some extent. Here are my thoughts. Here are, like, my thoughts about this type of thing. So they're very, like... They're not calculated, but they're very thoughtful in their responses and in their lives. And so, I don't know. It's it's very um, it's very gross to me that Tommy is responding in this way and how it's edited makes it look like Jillian is just kind of taking it. And I don't think that that's the case, but we really don't know. Then we go on some surfboard painting dates. Very. I think this is the stupidest date I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And... <laughs> Honestly, the couple seemed to be into it. Though. They were. So, they were having like, a good time. Good for them. Um, they were making some fun comments, but um, Luke is paired up with this woman that we literally have never seen, except from when they saved her from elimination to get rid of one of the annoying women. <laughs> Iris is with some man that looks like Maui from Moana. Did you notice that? We were trying to figure out what he looked like. It's it's Maui, and they're in Maui. I'll have to take a double take. I'll have to put those words in my head the next time I watch the show yes, and see if I agree. You should. If we ever see him ever again, because we've literally not seen him. So then Ash and Taylor are on a cow feeding date. I think they're literally just feeding cows. <laughs> Was that the one where they made the comment about city girl being a city girl? Oh, I don't even know. On one of the dates, one of the couples were like, oh, you're a city girl. And I was like, none of... <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't think like any of this has to do with anyone living in the city we're feeding cows on a hawaiian island like where (laughs) (laughs) for conversations that um, are happening all the time trace and the cells decide to have the dtr conversation again they define the relationship um it seems like every time that they speak she's like i don't know what's going on right now and I don't know what you want to give me. And LaSalle's is like, I'm all for you. I'm all for you. But also Ashley. But also all for you. And then he'll say something stupid like uh, when he said on his date, I want to be single with Ashley. What does that mean? Does he want an open relationship now? And both Trace and I walked away from that conversation thinking, what does that mean? Well, and it's also brought up later because wasn't he talking to Hanya about that exact same statement? Yes. And Hanya literally looks at him and goes, what does that mean? Like, literally. He, everyone was confused. Not a single person understood what he was meant being like probably that. probably deep or maybe like, oh, I'm finally figuring it out. I'll be single with Ashley. And it's like, no, this is like your girlfriend for seven years. And you're going to be single with Ashley. And then be also with Trace. Where is Trace in that equation? Because if you're single, then you're with none of them. With Ashley, she might be around, but then Trace isn't even in the equation. Which, I don't know. And I feel like she's feeling that. I feel like totally. she's definitely feeling that. But I think it was really good to see, like, not only his, like, confession, but then also his, like, conversation with Hanya about it. And then, like, the conversation with Trace about it later, mm-hmm. where you can tell there are multiple people in this house looking at him like, you need to figure it out. You mm-hmm. have time to figure it out. But tell us when you figure it out, because right now you obviously don't know. Yep. She kind of leaves that conversation and is just not feeling it. And I don't blame her. I think it was a terrible conversation. And um, then they kind of just go into alone time. It's like kind of the same day, kind of not... But um, Trace has just decided, like, she's done with this and she's, like, having her own time on the porch. And so people are asking LaSalle, what's going on? Did you have a fight? Because Trace looks upset. And he's like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, we're communicating. but like, I don't really know. And I'm like, you are so dumb if you really don't know. Like, don't act that way. And I think also he was trying to kind of brush off these women that are talking to him because he already made the declaration, I'm not talking to anybody else. And here they are talking to him. The audacity. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Can you imagine? And so he, like, talks to Trace and, like, kind of wants to touch her a little bit, kind of wants to, like, ask her what's going on. And she's like, whoa, like, slow down. And he says, like, I don't know what's going on, but I made you something. And we're like, oh, my God, it's going to be so kind. It's going to be so nice. It was a plate of cold spaghetti (laughs) with... (laughs) Something on top might have been meatballs. It might have been zucchini. It was something covered in red sauce with um, a tin cover on keeping the warmth in, I guess. I don't know. It looked like the most unappetizing plate of spaghetti in the entire world. And also, you're on a beach in like the middle of the day. Who wants a plate of spaghetti? I don't even know. It was so funny. I don't even know. <laughs> I remember, like, cackling when I like, when he revealed it. I was like, oh, no. Like, that's what you made? That's what you made of spaghetti? I don't know how Trace kept a straight face. <laughs> oh, my God. She's, like, really a trooper sometimes. <laughs> she says no thanks, obviously. And she's like, oh, sweet, no. And then he's like, well, can I have a hug? And she's like, no. Like, what? why would you ever think I want a hug right now? I just, that part pissed me off. <laughs> that part pissed me off. <laughs> Okay, it's party time. A new man is introduced at this toga party. His name is Deke, and he's from season two of Temptation Island. Um, This man gives me terrible vibes. What about you? I think he gives everyone terrible vibes. True. I don't think there was a single person who liked his vibes. And that's probably why um, he's back. Yeah. Because they even showed clips of him, like, doing this, like, rose thing for the girl he was apparently, like, interested in in the last season. And he was like, yeah, it, like, didn't work out well. And I'm like, I wonder why. (laughs) Um, So I just wasn't sure what they were trying to accomplish by bringing him back. I just don't think they had enough drama. So they had to get something in. Here's the thing, though. It didn't add any drama. Like, literally no one it cared. fake drama. <laughs> exactly. No, I feel like... So, there's this, like, one point where, like, near the end of that, like, clip where some of the, like, the guys get in, like, a little bit of, like, a confrontation mm-hmm. where they were like, you ruined our vibe. Like, we're all here vibing, even, like, the singles, and you just, like, came in and kind of, like, ruined the vibe. Yeah. And I think everyone was in, like, full agreement that they were, like, whatever you're trying to, like, bring to this party, it's not working and we need to stop. We need to, like, cut it off. And it was it it was hard, too, because I think the women in the women's villa, the four of them were like, oh, this is a new person. Like, let's be kind and talk to this man and take them over to, like, the hot tub area and just kind of have a conversation. And then Deacon's in interview is like, ooh, all these girls are like all touchy-feely and like all up on me. And I'm like, whoa, there's connections going on, blah, 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 blah. And then he says this iconic quote, I am home, daddy's here. So that's the kind of man Deke is. But then all the guys are like, oh, what, what's this guy doing? What's this guy He's taking our girls? And I think it was honestly in jest. I don't think that that was, like, serious. No, yeah. And I, I felt- thing was just them being like, I feel like they want us to be dramatic about this. Yeah. Maybe we should be. There was one guy, though, who was like, I'm already having problems getting dates. Oh, he was. And he was. He actually seemed into it. But, like, that's the catch. This man isn't getting dates. I had no idea who he was. No, we've never He popped seen up him. on the screen, and I'm like, who's that? <laughs> Is this a new guy? And so the literally the only guy who actually was mad about this new guy coming in was the one guy that was getting no screen time anyway. No. And I really genuinely do not think that the girls were all up on him. Like, that's no. just not how that works. No. They maybe invited you over and they were wearing bikinis and so maybe your brain thought they really like you. I don't know. But you gave everybody bad vibes and they definitely saw that. Um, and so, yeah, that was disgusting. Deke is um, not my fave. So Jillian says that she and Tommy are hot and cold in, like, a little interview, and she can never tell what's happening. But apparently Tommy wasn't really speaking to her that day until the party. And also all of the clips from season two looked like they were from 2016. They're all sepia-toned, and they're all, like, I don't know, they're wearing things, and I'm like, what is this, 2016? I don't know when it was shot and filmed. It was very confusing, and I don't think it was a great production choice. Because another person is introduced, a single woman who also gives me bad vibes, and her introduction was a little flat, and everybody was like, what is happening? Who is this woman? 100%, and I think Ryan put it best, Ryan, the one that watches (laughs) with us. We were, like, after we had, like, left, um, and I was dropping him off, he goes... 
Yeah, and, like, I forgot that was even today because the only scene that they were even shown in was the one that they uh, came back in. Exactly. And then we never hear or see from them for the rest of the episode. Yeah, they go to the after party. And, like, the only thing that really is, like, drama from this new arrival is that Deke starts, like, kind of stirring people up. And everybody's, like, yelling, bro, bro, what are you going, bro? You know, that kind of thing. There's some pushes. There's some yells. But I really don't think this is real. I think, like, maybe they said, like, Deke, we don't have enough drama. Just go and be, like, a terrible addition to this party. And he was like, okay. So, I don't know. It was weird. But um, during this time, um, which that's literally the only part that Deke is really in. So then we immediately, like, transition out of that kind of stuff. Hani and Lascelles go to have their bro talk. And this is what you were talking about earlier, where Hani is basically saying, like, um, I don't know what's going on with me, but it's mostly Lascelles trying to convey that he said the wrong thing and he messed up. And this is what he said, but everybody's like, what does that even mean? And he's like, I'm trying to communicate, but Trace won't communicate. And Hani's like, bro, she's literally communicating with you all the time. You're just not, you're just not picking it up. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. That was a little weird, but... I don't know. He and LaSalle seem to have, like, sort of, a, a, like, a nice friendship. But I think everyone's just kind of tired of both of them. I don't know. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? I just like it. No, I just like that comment. I just think everybody is tired of them. LaSalle's is, like, pushing everybody out. Hanya just cries all the time because he, like, came here on this, like, premonition that he decided after the first day wasn't true anymore. It's just, like, what? what is the point? What is the point of you guys being here? It's confusing to me. Everybody says goodnight, and there's some drama in the hallway with Jillian and Tommy. That was kind of aggressive. I thought, yeah, no, I definitely thought it was a little, uh, like, unnecessarily aggressive, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't really sure. It was another one of those moments where I was just like, Tommy, you are not in control of other people. Mm-mm. And you really shouldn't act like it. It isn't a good color on you. No. And there are better ways of going about it. I mean, I, I respect the fact that he had the boundary. So the whole thing was that he said that he wasn't going to sleep in the same room as Jillian. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if that's your boundary, absolutely. And he kind of, like, she kind of did do, like, a little bit of pouting, and he called her out for it, which, mm-hmm. like, I guess... Like, in a healthy relationship, like, you need to have, like, boundaries and be able to, like, communicate like that. But it doesn't sound like they ever set those boundaries in the first place. Exactly. There was no boundaries beforehand, and I feel like he got a little bit aggressive to her response. Mm -hmm. Like, if he didn't like her pouting, like, have a conversation about it, but he instantaneously went to, like, don't do that. Don't that. Don't do that. And it's just, like, just be, like, hey, like, don't pout. I I just want to go sleep, like, by myself. And, like, or have, like, a grown-up conversation. Like, you want to sit there and tell her... What I don't know. I feel like I may be interpreting it a lot as like an age, like an age thing. Mm-hmm. But for me, it seems like he keeps taking on this role of like, I need to teach you. Yeah. And it was very much like they had like a sit down where he was like, I, I we like we don't have to sleep in the same bed together and everything. And I'm like, that's great, but you didn't need to be like so aggressive mm-hmm. off of like one like look. Like she literally gave you a look. Mm-hmm. She didn't even say anything. No. And she, like, was starting to walk away, and then he said, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't give me that look. Like, she was about to walk away. It, I don't, I, and it was, it was weird because this part wasn't filmed on, like, a cameraman's shoulder. It was, like, up in the corner of a hallway, and it looked like security footage. I don't know. Part of it was, like, it felt like <laughs> a more real interaction that maybe we had been seeing because there wasn't a human being up in their face. It was, like, just caught on camera. And so part of me is, like, oh, this might be what their real interactions look like, and that's concerning. But at the same time, like, we don't really know because then someone was also probably in the room filming when they had their sit-down-on-the-bed talk, these are my boundaries, I need to leave type of thing. Yeah. So it was a little... I don't know. It was just intimate and aggressive and just overall kind of concerning. Um, But LaSalle's and Trace stay up and speak to each other, I guess. 
Um, and Lascelles takes back pretty much everything that he's ever said. And Trace confronts him for saying, like, everything you do still has some kind of, like, Ashley influence. And he says, like, I'm done with that. I'm done with Ashley. Like, forget her. He says, forget Ashley, which is, like, hurtful. And then he says, I need you in my life as my girlfriend and my future wife. And I remember that because it rhymed and it was kind of a bar. But I don't know. How do you feel about that? I feel like this man, (laughs) for the fact that he had a seven-year relationship Uh that went how it went, Uh he's wanting to turn this, like, thing with Trace into, like, a seven-day relationship. Like, he is moving so fast. He's throwing out words like wife, like, all of that stuff. You don't know what her aspiration is. He said, I love you. He said, I love you to her. But, like, it's one of those where it's, like, you don't know her aspirations in life. You don't know, like, where she's going, what she wants to do. Like, maybe marriage isn't even on the table. Like, for some people it isn't. Mm -hmm. And he is just, like, making these, like, bold jumps. And it's another one of those situations where he thinks he's being crystal clear. Mm -hmm. But he's just giving, like, very muddled answers to everything. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think saying you love her and that you want to marry her is going to, like, solidify this relationship in some way? No, you have other things you need to talk through, work through, have conversations about. And he just, like, doesn't want to do that. He just wants to, like, I don't know, I guess, like, cling on to her and be like, we're done. Mm -hmm. And I think it's another case of him just trying to make people happy because he sees LaSalle's, like, or he sees Trace kind of, like, sulking and being sad because he's not being clear and whatever. And so, honestly, he took this leap, and she responded well to it. She was happy to hear that he has love for her. She was happy to hear that he wants to commit to her. But in my head, if I'm that single, I'm like, but you were still in a seven-year relationship, and you're still not technically broken up with this person. Why would I dedicate myself to you for marriage after, like, maybe a week and a half? Of us knowing each other, even if the days are so long, you're with each other all the time. That doesn't change anything. You're still in Maui and you're still like on a reality TV show. And like, I don't know, those promises just feel so empty to me. And I still don't think that it's what he wants. I think he just wants to make her happy. Exactly. He's taking these big leaps because right now they're on their, like, both literally and metaphorically on their own little island. Yeah. And it's like, you don't know how you're going to interact with on like an actual normal day-to-day schedule once Mm -hmm. you're back to work, once you're back doing what you do and with the people that you like live and work and interact with. Mm -hmm. And so marriage is just like so over anyone's head on the show, or I personally would think would be. Mm -hmm. And for him to like throw those things out, it's like now, like you said, kind of like people pleasing, you're just trying to say the words that you think will make me want to stay connected with you and that's not what this should be this Mm -hmm. should be the time to like really talk it out go into detail about like where both of you sit like what both of you guys like see in the future and I think there are a couple of the pairings that are kind of doing that right now where they're very much aware of the fact that like you need what the decision you're making right now is whether you want to a go forward with your person right now your couple right now and b if you have someone you could potentially want to go forward with post-production. Mm-hmm. And I think LaSalle's is like, marriage, Yeah, we're done. And that's just not what this is going to look like, especially, like, how empty would those words be after I've known you've been in a relationship for seven years with someone? And you're here to work on the relationship, quote-unquote. Yeah. For you to, like, come in here and be like, oh, well, you're marrying me. Like, no. Yeah, it's just, it's just... And, and, after... The whole point, I think, of them being there was Ashley was never proposed to, and she saw marriage coming next, and he was afraid of doing that. And so hearing him say that to Trace is like, how can you say that? And maybe you were with the wrong person for seven years, and you never committed to that kind of, like, commitment because you were so scared. But going to someone after like two weeks of knowing them and proposing basically to them while you're still in that two weeks also still trying to figure out even if you have officially broken up with your last relationship that's one of my things is it's like there was no cooling off period this isn't like oh i had a seven-year relationship i worked on myself i got over it Mm -hmm. i like i just i made the active choice to move on and then i found this person i'm deeply in love with and within seven days i knew that i was like giving my heart and soul to them 
that's not even what this is. Yep. You're literally overlapping relationships. So within the two weeks that you've known them, half of the time you're still trying to figure out if you even want to be with your other person yeah. to then move to this step. Leaps and bounds ahead of where anyone should be. Yeah. I personally would think. I think it's very disappointing. Um, And it just kind of like, I don't know. I I, There is supposed to be a proposal at the end, basically. We saw that like in the previews at the beginning of the season. So maybe he really does pull the trigger and propose. I don't know. I think that would be insane. Have you heard of the Denver effect? Mm-mm. I just saw it, I think, today. It's like couples and people who are, like, looking to date should never go to Denver because Denver just does something to you and everyone, like, breaks up. I don't know. But that's how I kind of feel, like, opposite about Maui. It's like you're just going to be in love with this person while you're on Maui, in Maui. But, like, once you leave, like, it's not going to be the same at all. This is it's the an most, effect. This is the most ideal situation for you to find someone that you think you're going to be in love with mm-hmm. because – you're literally, like, with them 24-7. You're doing these fun dates. You're around all of these other couples who are, like, coupling off. Like, of course, right now you're thinking, like, oh, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I want. But it's just, like, that's not what your life's going to be like in a month. So scary, scary stuff. So speaking of intentions, Trace goes up to Edgar the next day to talk about Marissa's intentions and Trace believes that um, her intentions are not pure. Apparently, Marissa says that she has, like, I keep saying intention, but that's really the word, that Marissa really has no intention on, and like, being a, in a serious relationship um, with Edgar. And so hearing this, like, Edgar gets upset because he says, like, my relationship with Jillian didn't work out because she was not truthful. And so I hear you saying you want to be with me. And then I hear from someone else that you don't want to be with me. And so that's like a trust issue. And during their conversation, he was given some scary eyes and he was making some like scary comments. And I was I was nervous. I'm going to be honest with you. Edgar looked a little a little on um, the edge this past week. He really did. He looked like he was really having a not great time. Not specifically, like, with his girl, but just, like, in general. I yeah. feel like he, like... spiraling. Spiraling quite a bit. Which, I mean, we even saw, like, last week, like, at the bonfire, there wasn't even, like, clips of him, like, doing his, like, weekly thing. It was literally just a personal message to look Jillian in the face and tell her how much he felt, like, backstabbed by her. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely, like, I guess you would expect, like, going into this week that it would be a, a very similar vibe. And so for him to ask, like, Marissa to have these, like, this, like, bond and, like, mm. these confessions, I feel like it's exactly, like, what LaSalle's saying, where it's just, like, you guys, yeah, maybe she doesn't have these, like, aggressive intentions yet, but that's because you literally just got over your past relationship about two days ago. Yeah. Let's give it time. Literally. Let's give it some thought process. Like, have you had a sit-down conversation with me about, like, where I stand emotionally, where you stand emotionally? Like, no. You were making assumptions Mm -hmm. that I had this, like, end-all, be-all intentions, and you heard from someone else that I don't. So you telling me I'm lying to you is not correct because has she ever been like, yes, I will marry you post this show? No. And she says that it's like, he says, do you want me? And she says, it's too soon to say I want you to be my man. And he's like, well, that's not what I'm asking you. And I'm like, that's exactly exactly what you're asking (laughs) (laughs) Whereas in LaSalle's land, you know, they're getting married. So maybe Edgar does have this like false idea that like they should be at this point and that Marissa's not at this point that's maybe a red flag and it also does worry me to wonder if he's using Marissa and that's why he needs the commitment is Mm. he needs her to commit so that he can flaunt off that they're committed Mm. so that Jillian will see it Mm. which worries me for all three of the individuals and I don't think I don't think that Jillian would be like totally hurt by that because like he's said very very harmful things to her in the past couple of episodes and about her and about his relationship and so I don't think seeing that would completely throw off Jillian and that's the problem is I feel like and this is where I like really genuinely wonder how much of Edgar's 
like motives and stuff he even realizes he has yeah because like i said like he just looks like a little unhinged this week Mm -hmm. and so i don't know if he's just like so exhausted and emotionally driven that he is going into like like i need some form of commitment from anyone Mm -hmm. anything and this is like obviously the girl he's been spending a lot of times with or the woman that he's been spending a lot of time with because he's not getting it from her, he's, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I think Jillian had even, like, mentioned that at one point, that he needed to spend some time, like, by himself and doing things for himself and not for other people. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is another instance where he just can't even cope with the thought of being by himself or even, like, the possibility that he has someone at yeah. all times. Yeah, I agree. All right, everybody. We are finally at the bonfire. Buckle in. Actually, it's, I don't even know if it's that bad this time. Um, the ladies start us off, and Iris has some good moments. She's reflecting. She's focusing on herself. Honestly, I think with some of the comments she and Luke have made, I think that they might leave together. I think they're still both, like, hurt from things in the past, but I think they're actually both kind of working through it and, like, seeing that, I don't know, seeing some kind of resolution, maybe. So we'll see. We'll see. Interesting plot development there. Um, Jillian has shown a video of Edgar dancing with the girl. And again, they catch her making that evil chuckle right after. Um, Last episode, she... Or not last episode, two episodes ago, I think, she was shown a video of Edgar reading a poem to a girl. And she kind of did this chuckle. And they made it look so evil. And we talked about that. And she was like, yeah, I don't know. I was just laughing. Like, they made it look so evil. And they even put, like, a bass drop behind it. Like, like it's so angry and scary. But it really wasn't. I th- She genuinely said, I'm happy to see him dancing. And I, I'm, like, happy to see that he's happy. I don't know. She just... She cannot be phased. It that woman is strong, but um, Hanya, his little piece to show um, Ash is literally just disclosing his sexting behaviors with Edgar in the kitchen. He literally was talking about like some girl texted me really early in the morning and was like, "Hey, you up?" And like he was with Ash at that time, and then. I think, I don't know if he disclosed that he left to go see her, but definitely kept texting her back. And Ash was like, yeah, I've seen those texts. I've, I, that's, this is nothing new to me. And But Ash never told anyone that she, like they had seen these texts. So um, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg was like, why, why didn't you tell anybody? What is this about? And she, she was like, I don't know. And, and he would be like, okay. And just move on. <laughs> that was my favorite part was when he would say, okay. Um, but then um, Ash has some good realizations. Um, Hanya is just kind of being ridiculous and Ash is not taking it anymore. And at the very end, Ashley is shown the clip of LaSalle saying, forget Ashley. Like, I want to be married to you. I want to be with you to Trace. And all we see is Ashley saying she's confused and then some dramatic music and then the show ends so you don't really know what she's thinking we don't know um what's coming next we don't know what the boys are gonna see but it was just kind of i don't know it was abrupt i feel like next episode we might just kind of open up on ashley saying yeah i've already decided i'm over him too like whatever you know i think they're making it like more dramatic than it really is I think they do themselves a disservice by not showing people's reactions when they do, like, the... True. It's not keeping me on a cliffhanger. I'm just like, okay, whatever. It's making me, like, a little bit less, like, attached to it because by the time we get there next week, I've, like, like, not forgotten, but I've, like, semi-kind of, like, moved on from, like, the impact of it. Yes. Like, you want, like, the impact and then the direct emotions afterwards. If not, it's just walking into the next week with, like, oh, here's some emotions, like, thrown in your face and you're like, what? Wait, what happened? (laughs) Yep. Um, I think my favorite is the fact that Hanya, throughout this entire experience, for how much he really thought he was such a great, like, liar and, like, that no one knew of, like, anything that he's ever done, every single one of these, like, aggressive confessionals that he's decided to have with these random people mm-hmm. in these houses, it's literally just ends up being Ash looking dead in the camera and going, 
I know. Yes. And I think that's my favorite thing. Is Every that time. Hanya is, like, using this entire experience as this, like, confessional for his, like, terrible behavior throughout his relationship. Literally. It's like he's, like, in church or something and trying to, like, be like, renounced of his himself. sins. Yes. And it's just Ash being like, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but Ash, I think, has moved on to Taylor and Hanya has moved on to realizing that he wants Ash back. And so, I don't know. I think this man is going to be probably traumatized at the end of this experience. And there's no way that they're getting back together. I don't see that happening. I don't know if Ash will end up with Taylor, but I don't see Ash and Hanya. No. And I think even the way that Ash has been talking about, like, when they were talking about, like, the text messages and everything and Mark was, like, asking about it. Uh, They kind of did talk about how they were like, I think it was my way of just trying to pretend like it wasn't happening, essentially. And I think that speaks volumes that this is kind of their, like, hit in the face where it's like, you don't get to pretend like it's not happening. He's telling people. He's actively, like, flaunting it around the house that this is the behavior he's exhibited. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's time for you to kind of look it in the eyes and figure out what how you feel about it and what you're going to do about it. Yeah, totally. I don't know. It's just so confusing to me why. Like, I don't, I don't understand Hanya's aim because he is fawning it around the house. And now he's, like, looking at in the face what he's done. And then, I don't know. He's, like, it seems like he's ashamed of what he's done. And it seems like he has regrets. But at the same time, like, why are you telling... I'm, Everyone. I'm wondering if it's because he knows that it'll get back to Ash, and so he has doesn't have to be the one to look them in the eyes and say it. Maybe. Maybe that's reading way too in the conversation, it which it probably be, is. It probably is, like, reading way too much into it. But, like, if he's not doing anything else that's, like, scandalous and stuff, like, what else would they show? I guess that's true. Ash. That's true. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any closing thoughts? I'm thinking. I think just overall, this show was, this episode, it it had, like, not a lot of substance. No. I feel like we were, like, the last episode, episode, like you said, it was, like, a climax, and this was just kind of a ton of weird filler content that just left you super confused. Like, we've talked about it so much because there were so many random, like, left and right turns. Yes. Um, But also, then you, like, sit back and you're like, what happened this week? Nothing. Well, and I think what was confusing, too, and I think we kept getting this episode and last episode confused so much because this episode, we saw Trace and LaSalle's relationship go on and off, like, three times. And we saw Tommy and Jillian's relationship go on and off, like, two times, maybe three times. And so, they're just, I think this episode is just, like, everyone is tired. Everyone is done. I think there's there's drama because people are exhausted and they're tired of keeping on this face and adding new people in who are literally only there to shake things up and have literally no way of stealing anybody's man or woman like these people are already in committed relationships like nothing is is going to happen at this point but i think that they are just doing so much to try to like mitigate the i'm tired i'm just i'm not going to give you any content because i'm tired and then therefore we just see people get like even more and more tired of what's going on 100 percent. i think that there is just a level of at this point nothing can happen until they talk to their significant others yeah but we still have six more weeks of content that we're somehow supposed to crank out yeah and i think that was like last week was like the week where it's like they could have benefited so much by talking to their other person Mm -hmm. and they didn't get that so this week everyone's just like i'm done yeah i'm over it i mean they they in order to protect themselves they really had to make those decisions so now Everyone is pretty much at that point where it's like, yeah, I kind of miss this person, but I'm I'm doing my own thing or I'm totally done with this person. And so regardless which side you're on, you're like you're detached. You're detached from your significant other. 
So what is going to happen? Like, the tempters did their job. Now what? You know? Exactly. Like, even, like, the Iris relationship where we're, like, they may end up together. Mm -hmm. It's, like, even that it's just kind of, like, fallen flat right now because at this point, like, I feel like most of them have come to a realization about where they stand. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very intrigued to see what they do moving forward to kind of keep the ball rolling. Yeah. And honestly, I'm starting to just, like, kind of feel really bad for these people. <laughs> I know! I felt bad for them, like, episode one. I was like, this is terrible to do your to yourself. Well, I mean, I came into it where I'm like, they signed up for it. They can watch old seasons, which obviously you can tell most of them have not, as they did <laughs> not know these new people that came in. That's no true. one except for Iris recognized the people that came in, mm. which is why they had the one clip of Iris being like, <gasps> Deke, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours. Exactly. And literally everyone else was like, who are these people and why are they here? Literally. Literally. <laughs> But, like, they can, like they could have, like, watched the old shows and kind of knew, like, a little bit of what they were getting themselves into. But now I'm just starting to feel kind of bad for them. And I think they're shaking things up purposefully. So, like, even, like, no matter how many times you watch the past seasons, you will not be prepared for it. And Jillian even said that in our interview. She's like, there is literally nothing that could have prepared me for it and would have prepared me for the aftermath of it. It's just, it's it's scary to like kind of put yourself in this position regardless of if you signed up for it or not because literally they can do probably anything and like you can't say no you can't like opt out like you're here until the end all right everybody that is uh gonna wrap up our episode today um my name is emma and my name's annie (laughs) and we are signing off (laughs) 